life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Kashif Khan, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Pleasure, man. Good to be here with you. I am excited for us to discuss your new book, The DNA Way, uh, Unlocking the Secrets of Your Genes to Reverse Disease, Slow Aging, and Achieve Optimal Wellness. I'm actually um, right in the middle of ignoring one of your recommendations for anxiety <laughs> on page 75 as uh, I crush a cup of espresso. I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on getting shredded up for a mastermind event that I've got next month in, in Vegas with Russell Brunson and a bunch of entrepreneurs. Oh, cool. So uh, I, I, I tend to lean on the espresso machine during these times uh, to help get rid of that extra belly fat. And, uh, and you've done a great job sort of deconstructing many of these different genetic uh, variations that people have, some of the symptoms and and uh, health situations that are more probable with, with those genetic blueprints, and then what to do about it. And it's not just cookie cutter recommendations, it's very thorough. So um, we'll get into that, I'm excited to discuss it. For our listeners who might not be familiar with you, your book, your work, um, can you give us like your your background, your origin story? Yeah, so I I actually don't come from the space, which is I think why I have a unique perspective. Thank uh, God. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it, it was that aha moment. I I know the exact feeling you're talking about, where I was trying to heal. Right, I had multiple chronic conditions, multiple pills, multiple doctors, couldn't get answers. But my big question was why? Like, what's what's going on? What did I do wrong? I've mm -hmm. never been sick. All of a sudden, I have all these things going on. Uh, from migraines to depression to gut issues. And I couldn't get that answer. So I started diving into Uncle Google or Dr. Google, I should say, you know, <laughs> in questions. And then I started, I found functional medicine, I found integrative medicine, I found naturopaths. And I started to see that there's people that actually deal with root cause that ask, that answers that question of why. And the big aha moment for me was when I discovered in my genome that there were certain genes just entirely missing. It wasn't even about, you know, how well I did that job or not. And that, that's what a gene is, by the way. It's a gene is an instruction that tells your body and your cells how to do all the various jobs that it does. And your cells read this instruction manual. And based on the quality of the instruction, that's the quality of job you do. It's kind of like coding for different proteins and enzymes and, and yeah. um, energy precursors, right? Exactly. Everything we talk about when it comes to supplementation, decisions on diet, you know, hormones, etc., they're all driven by genes. And so I just learned that there was key genes that I was entirely missing, some weren't working the best, and my nutrition choices, my environment choices, even my exercise choices that I thought were good for me were making me sick. Mm. Um, so I learned the big aha moment just to put some color to it. There's a gene called GSTM1, which is a primary detoxifier of the gut. So when you're eating whatever you're eating, the toxins, you know, packaging everything that's coming along with it, it's not meant to enter your bloodstream. It's meant to be cleared, separated, detoxified, and removed from your body. You peep and you poop and you get rid of stuff. I don't have that gene missing. So whatever comes into my gut 
is directly entering my bloodstream, irrespective of what's included there. And that was causing crazy inflammation, which led to all these problems. So the same diet of my business partner sitting right next to me wasn't a problem for me, it was. So I actually believed I had these conditions. I don't have them anymore. And in fact, I'm in the best health of my life. What, just out of curiosity, so this GSTM1, you said, Gene? It, yeah. it helps with, it, it pertains to detoxifying the gut. Does it also pertain to intestinal permeability where, you know, there are certain things like people with high levels of zonulin, I believe, have a much right. increased propensity to have leaky gut and then have undigested food particles and toxins get into their blood. It, are we talking about something similar to that? Or is this, how how does the intestinal permeability this tie is- into the GST1 uh, GST M1. Uh, this is a driver of glutathione. Okay. Right. So glutathione is this master antioxidant detoxifier. And the way your body uses it, you have this first line of defense in your lungs. You, you breathe inhalation based toxins that your lungs are designed to clear. Then you have this first line of defense in your gut where whatever is accompanying your food, you know, ancestrally it would have been things like mold for example that your your body knows don't let that in let's clear it out now it's a lot more and then there's a second line of defense uh, gstt1 which of the little that bypass and actually got through your first line defenses there's this traffic force in the blood finding those things and sending them to the liver to clear metabolize so that's your glutathione pathway and so first line, second line, but there's other detox pathways also. This is just a primary detoxifier of the gut. And yes, if you're not doing a good job there, then your gut's going to be in a dysbiotic state mm-hmm. and you're probably going to have gut wall permeability and leaky gut, which then leads to leaky brain because those toxic mm-hmm. substrates directly enter the bloodstream through the gut without being broken down, mm-hmm. cross the blood brain barrier and lead to other things, you know, depression, anxiety. Alzheimer's, dementia, depending how long it's going on for. Okay, that makes sense. Very, very good explanation. So essentially we're talking about glutathione S-transferase, a gene that codes for glutathione. And in some people like you, it's just missing. And therefore your body gets over, you're essentially missing adequate levels of your master antioxidant. Your body gets overwhelmed with toxins and a bunch of downstream issues occur. Um, I want to also yes. like, as we're kind of talking through this stuff, I like to get in the weeds as you're, you're probably already noticing and, uh, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll kind of come back to, to your origin story cause I'm appreciating it, but I'm, I'm sure people are like, Oh, I have that, you know, is, is the solution yeah. for something like this glutathione IVs? Um, I know there's nuance there and some people like with, with glutathione, there's even some people have horrible reactions to it. You know, if their body has had insufficient yeah. glutathione production for a long period of time, they go and they get a glutathione IV because they heard that, that that would help. And then they have this huge detox effect and feel like shit, or they might be reacting to some of the preservatives yeah. in the glutathione. I know some other people take oral N-acetylcysteine. What, what approach did you do and do you see work well for people with this genetic variation? So that is exactly the whole point is if you understand your genome you know how your body's been instructed for every biological process Mm -hmm. and there's no trial and error. You always make the right choice, including something like this, which it would seem intuitive. Okay, glutathione is a problem. Take some glutathione, right? Right. No, if your GSTT1 gene is off or deleted, then if you add glutathione, it's kind of like going to the gym and bench pressing 400 pounds on your first day. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It does not, it's not going to work yeah, out. Not, so well. not many people other than me have been able to pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never benched 400 pounds. <laughs> no. Well, and now you, you look at some people like you, you, what you described that they take this glutathione IV and then they're bedridden for a month mm-hmm. because not only is it binding onto, um, you know, the, the toxins you're trying to eliminate, but also the minerals and nutrients your body needs. Mm-hmm. Because you're lacking the genetic instruction directing the job. And all of a sudden, the glutathione is binding onto things it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. So for that profile, you need more precursors. Like you said, N-acetylcysteine, you know, glycine, alpha-lipoic acids, uh, selenium, the things that just get to work. And Maybe, maybe some whey protein if you're not, uh, some, some grass-fed whey protein if you're not sensitive to dairy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you keep... Uh, you know, stacking on what's actually personalized and individually working for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so on day one, whether it's your vitamin Ds, your Bs, your even should I be a vegan? Should I be a keto? Uh, should I follow keto? All of these choices don't need to be trial and error. We we already know how the body's instructing them. And so you can just do the right thing on day one. Let me know if you guys have been experiencing more of any of the following than you used to. Brain fog, difficulty staying focused, fatigue, muscle weakness or changes in balance and coordination, mood fluctuations, apathy or lower motivation, sleep issues, changes in sex drive or function, or increased sensitivity to certain foods, or just more digestive stuff going on in general. Now I ask because these are all warning signs that your brain may be struggling. Any one could be an early indicator of serious things to come. And if ignored or left unchecked, especially if you're experiencing more than one, these could significantly increase your risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, these neurodegenerative diseases uh, that include cognitive decline. The secret to unlocking the full potential of your brain comes down to three simple steps. One, precision diagnostics. This is why in our coaching program, we use the most sophisticated brain and neurocognitive testing on the planet. You then fix the deficiencies, those hormones, neurotransmitters, and nutrients that may be out of balance. And then you clean up the toxins, the stress, and the inflammatory microbes that may be interfering and making the whole process less efficient. I'm gonna do two crazy things that I've never done before. I'm offering a 100% money back guarantee, meaning if you follow the prescribed game plan that you and I create together and don't experience a significant, trackable, measurable improvement in your memory, processing speed, mental clarity, mood, and quality of life, I don't want your money. I wanna give you a full refund. But stick with me because I'm gonna level it up even more. If your increased energy, brain health, and mental performance doesn't help you earn at least as much additional income as you invested in the program, I'm also willing to give you a full refund. I wanted to do this so that you know that you have absolutely nothing to lose, everything to gain. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you. I appreciate the little detour to just go deep on that because sometimes we might not circle back to it. Um, So continue with your story, please. You're, You're finding out that you've got these critical genes that are missing, and then you probably had to do a good amount of, of digging. Cause like, I mean, I've got 8,000 Evernotes of different protocols and and right. things that I've seen and how people respond differently to the same treatment. You probably had to do a lot of digging to kind of come up with these different if then scenarios, right? Where you're, 
you're first healing yourself yeah. and then taking this information and extrapolating it out to a DNA test that other people could use, right? To, to not have to go through the same process that you went through. So, yeah. So step one was me healing myself with zero intention of ever being in this industry. And then step two was like, I got my arthritic mother out of bed and going to a gym with a personal trainer. Wow. Step three, which was really the moment that took us from a research company. And that's when I started really focusing on the research. When I got my mom healthy, I was like, wow, I could start helping the people around me. This is fascinating. And I started to literally invest into the research and say, the only thing missing here, well, there's two things missing. One is genetics tells you, you have an 80% chance of Alzheimer's. You have a 60% chance of breast cancer. And that's not necessarily true. It's more like, this is a priority, Alzheimer's for you. Here's your red flag. Yeah. Now you need to go look at the epigenetic habits that will either take you to 100% or 0%. It's it still, should not be a choice. It should not be a maybe. Absolutely. It's still probabilities and averages, you know, and, and, and we've got situations yes. where like, you know, Jack, Jack LaLanne, the, the late and great Jack LaLanne, one of the best, you know, and, and earliest health and fitness experts, his dad died in his 50s. And so Jack made this commitment with the same genes that he was going to live and, 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 you know, live a long and healthy life. And he built that in every day. He was juicing and working out and, you know, teaching other people about this stuff. And he lived to 96, you know, and, and, and was healthy into yeah. his into his mid 90s. Right. Same genes. But. Yeah. So we're talking yes. about averages. So when you hear some of these things, especially if it's coming from someone in a white coat, it can sound like a, a an evil curse if you buy into it, you know, and you have to say, no, there's, there's, I have a lot of control over this stuff. Yeah. They're thinking is meant to be disease centric and it's meant to be averaged out. It's not meant to be personalized an individual. So the goal is that propensity should just point you to prioritizing that thing as opposed to owning it and being prescribed the thing. Like, I just need to now work on that. That's my red flag. Mm -hmm. We know that inflammation already drives everything, but what is it going to lead to? That's your Russian roulette. Is it cancer? Is it dementia? Is it, you know, that's where the hardware failure genetically you can identify and then focus on that. So, you know, fast forward again. So I fixed myself, fixed my mom, started funding research, realizing there's so much more to this. The two broken pieces were this propensity-based versus more functional thinking, like how would I actually do about it? And the second part that was broken was it was too difficult to use. Unless you were a PhD with genetic knowledge, you couldn't interpret any of these documents that people would buy. So how do I make this easy the way that I wished it looked when I needed it? So all of that got to, we became a public facing testing company when my niece got sick. And I truly realized how prolific this broken healthcare system is. I didn't know because I had never been sick prior to this and yeah. seeing my family. And this will really paint a picture of how functional thinking is so important when you're looking at your genome. So my niece, my mom, and my sister live together. And this is in the book, by the way, uh, which I'm, you know, I'm open about the story. And my mom called me saying that your niece seems like there's something wrong. She can't breathe. So I get over there. I call my friend who's a pediatrician. So she, um, see, she, she had an anxiety attack. I call a friend who's a pediatrician. He said, sounds like a classic anxiety attack, but it also sounds like it's over. So just watch her. And if it happens again, let me know. Right. So I said, okay, that sounds like what I would expect from a doctor having gone through what I just went through. So it does happen again. Uh, I get a call. This time she fell over and hurt herself. She mm. passed out. 
So my sister said, please take her to the doctor, you know, and, and get her checked out. So I did. We spent, you know, Canadian healthcare is free, but it takes a long time. So we spent seven or eight hours in this hospital to find out this statement. So everything seems okay. If it happens again, let us know. Same thing I was told the first time. Oh, yeah. And I knew what that meant. That meant that if it happens again, she's getting diagnosed with an anxiety problem. And we're going to tell you what pill she has to take. That's how doctors procrastinate. That's how they ethically procrastinate. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. If it happens yeah. again, <laughs> let us know. I'm, I'm here because it's happened again. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a big enough problem where you got something to mask. You know, if it's just moderate, there's no pill and there's no surgery, yeah. right? So, so fast forward again. This time, my mother calls me bawling, crying, saying, I found a note. Your niece has run away from home and you got to get over here. And what's going on? So I said, okay, first of all, completely out of character. She's not of the nature to even leave the house by herself, just on her own choice. She's so like sweet and innocent. So don't worry, we'll figure this out. I get over there. She's literally down the street, just kind of standing there. And I get her in my car and I ask her like, is it like a social media problem? Is it school bullying? Like what's happening? And she didn't know. She truly just was running away from that feeling for that space, didn't know what was going on. So it was then I was like, silly me, I have her genetics. Let me open them up and see what I see. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't looking for anxiety. I was just looking for what jobs does her body not do well? And how does that potentially equal the way she's feeling? Mm -hmm. And what did I see? MTHFR. First of all, clued in like, wait a second. Well, that was one of them. That was one. We're going to there's more. <laughs> I'm guessing. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is like DNA charades. Those are good guesses. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good guesses. So we... The first thing I noticed is my, my mom and my sister were calling me like clockwork monthly. So I was like, this must be tied to her menstrual cycle somehow. Mm -hmm. So I looked at her genetics of her hormone cascade, how she makes progesterone, testosterone, estrogen. It's very clear to see these gray area for women uh, issues when you look at the genome. Mm. And so at the beginning of the menstrual cycle was when women have, or is when women have no hormones. They just finished getting rid of everything. And her genetics points to a much deeper valley to go into, slim to none. So it already points to mood and behavior issues because there's a big dysfunction in hormone levels. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I parked it. Then I looked at her, What? where else was there a major red was flag? Was that one gene or multiple genes out of curiosity? Sorry to-, sorry to Multiple genes. Multiple genes, okay. okay. All right, because I, I know there was, I know there's some women listening who are probably like, I have that shit. What gene is that? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and that's a challenge. Is genetics looks at individual genes, but the body doesn't work like that. There's mm -hmm. a system to metabolize hormones, a cascade, mm -hmm. and you have to know. It's like trying to listen to a song with one instrument. Mm -hmm. Can you really hear the song? You need the whole symphony. Yeah, or like you, you, you get you get one pick one picture frame out of a movie and then are asked what the movie is about. You're like, I ah, yeah. have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's how medicine looks at genetics. Here's what this gene means. No, the body doesn't work like that. So now next step of three things, hormones, slim to none, already teetering on mood issues. I then saw the other big red flag was her vitamin D cascade. So vitamin D has three steps. Steps. It's the only micronutrient that's this complex because our ancestors spent too much time in the sun and got too much vitamin D. So they developed processes to mitigate that, which is I need to convert D2 into D3, take it from the sun and put it in my blood. That's one gene. She had the worst version of that. I then need to transport it to the cell where I actually use it. There's another gene. She has the worst version of that. 
I then need to bind it at the cell to get it into the cell. And she has a worse version of that. So her vitamin D cascade was horrible, horrible. This issue happened, your question of timing, by the way, during peak COVID in Toronto in the winter where we had the worst lockdown in the world. She hadn't been outside in five months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had zero vitamin D exposure, right? And of the 22,000 genes that make up your genome that are instructing all these jobs, 2,000 require adequate vitamin D to express properly and do their jobs. Was her vitamin D actually zero or were you being... Well, no, it's not zero. She would have got a little bit from food. Oh, right? okay. I was like, I've never heard of anyone with zero. I've seen some low vitamin Ds. I've never seen zero. <laughs> it's like yeah. powder. She would be dead if albino, it was zero. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like as, as low as it could be that she was getting a little bit from her dairy and her food. Okay. Which is not enough. Right. So now step three, why did it trigger? So, you know, there's thousands of jobs that vitamin D supports, but why did it trigger this anxiety thing as opposed to pain or something else? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the opposite of anxiety, like this pleasure and satisfaction state, it's driven by dopamine. And the way that she was expressing dopamine is the ability to experience the intensity of pleasure requires receptors in the brain. And the DRD2 gene, she has the lowest density possible of receptor. So it's very hard for her to experience pleasure. She also has super fast clearance. There's clearance enzymes and proteins that get rid of neurochemicals. She has super fast clearance. So she feels the way down here and it's gone super fast. Yeah. So it's already difficult for her to experience pleasure. It's, it's what we call warrior genetics. It's meant to drive you towards aiming for big stuff because you just can't get satisfaction, but it can also lead to a depression. Now you take this avatar of my hormones suck, my vitamin D sucks, my dopamine sucks and put her into the context of COVID lockdown with zero sun for five months. It caused this crazy anxiety crash, a system failure that symptomatically looked like an anxiety problem that was going to require a, a prescription to medication. So on that day, we drove to the health food store. I got her L-theanine to boost her dopamine levels and I got her D3 where because she didn't transport properly, I gave her three doses a day, a total of 10,000 IU. So she took two, 3,000 in the morning, two, 3,000 at lunch, and two, 3,000 like three minutes. She has never had this problem since. It happened three months in a row. Come on, just from L-theanine and taking supplemental vitamin D? Yeah, because we knew what biological failure was happening. Yeah. And so we supported them. And then the hormones didn't need support, right? The hormones self-regulated. They weren't zero. They were just not enough. Yeah. But the compound effect of all these things at the same time equaled the symptomatic problem. That's dope. It's been, what, when did COVID lockdown happen? Three years ago? She hasn't had this problem once. That is wild and probably very helpful for a lot of people listening. I mean, realistically, the approach is I had a buddy last night that was like, hey, what do you think about testosterone replacement therapy? I'm like, what's your testosterone? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, you got to figure that yeah. shit out before we even have <laughs> this conversation, bro. It's like the, the answer to yeah. this, you know, hopefully there's a lot that that we're going to continue to share that's valuable for people. And like, I'm APOE, E4, E4, so we can have like a fun conversation around that too. But the answer is not to just, yeah. the answer is not to throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks, you know, where you hear a recommendation, you're like, I have those yeah. symptoms. I'm going to go try that. The, the, the answer here is to go to the dnacompany.com forward slash biohacks, get your genome 
mapped, see what all the variations that you have in their totality and the symphony and interaction of them, and then take action, right? Because it'll help you prioritize it as well. For sure. Uh, and if we use a couple examples, like your APOE, we're going to talk about that, by the way, yeah. because that's a big one that is completely misinterpreted. I want to talk about the some of the genes, like the HLA genes that affect mold as well, because that seems to be a, a growing issue for people. It's a major issue. Mold is an epidemic in the United States. There's certain cities like Austin where almost every household has it and people don't even know. Oh. You know, today, so you know what? That's a perfect example for APOE because APOE is this, uh, if you saw that Chris Hemworth show Limitless, he was told by a doctor that you have an eight to times, eight to 10 times elevated chance of getting dementia because you have APOE4. He just had one of them, right? The, e, the E4. He had one. Yeah, I got I got two. Yeah, exactly. I got it from both sides. Oh, you got two. What were we talking oh, wow. about? So I'm now, just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go into a little all little Alzheimer's rants on this on this episode now, just to fuck with uh, Kashif <laughs> and you guys. <laughs> But yeah, so basically just for the people that don't know, that don't know APOE, it, it, it's uh, at least I'll give the description that we're told and you can correct it for inaccuracies. We're told that it has to do with sure. the the strength of a, of, a, of a bond that carries lipids and cholesterol and cholesterol transport proteins throughout the body. It's a weak bond. Because of that, you're more sensitive to the negative effects of alcohol, whereas some people may experience benefits having like one drink a week or one drink a night or something like that. People with APOE, it can actually, it's supposed to fuck your brain up and there's no benefit to messing with alcohol. And you have... If you have one copy of this, you have like a seven to eight X increased chance of getting Alzheimer's or neurodegenerative disease. If you have two copies like I do, it's supposedly closer to 20 percent. Um, Kash, if anything that you would correct or amend or add to that. So that is the, the correct clinical answer. But nowhere in there do you yet know what do I do about this? Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the challenge, the prescriptive single gene. This equals a 20 times likelihood of getting Alzheimer's, the anxiety that that statement causes alone will probably give you Alzheimer's. Yeah. Right. So what we, what we need is like, what do I do? So here's an example, which you, you mentioned mold. If I know that APOE transports lipids or allows the efficient transport of lipids, mm -hmm. and I know that the reason that that means I might get Alzheimer's dementia is because I might get amyloid plaque buildup in the brain. Right. Which kind of seems like right? bullshit. So yeah, the, the 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 BS there is this. Why like, was there cholesterol in my brain to begin with? Yeah. It was because my body uses cholesterol to mitigate inflammation. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even this this beta amyloid plaque. It may just be a, a sign that there's an infection or or a toxin or something else that's yeah. fucking the brain up. The beta amyloid plaque. It's like it's like going to say, um, what is it? You're you're trying to like treat the smoke, not the fire. Yeah, exactly. And that that's medicine. Is yeah. the smoke is the signal, the smoke is the symptom. Yeah. Without ever asking what's burning. Yeah. You're just sitting there with a a, a fan blowing this blowing the smoke, <laughs> trying to disperse the smoke. And so now this for you becomes your priority, not your prescription. You don't have a prescription for Alzheimer's. You're like, this is what I need to work on, which means I need to now ask, why would I get inflammation in my brain? Mm -hmm. For which the amyloid plaque then builds up because cholesterol is deployed and I don't transport it that well. There you go. If I don't have inflammation in my brain, there's no reason why plaque would ever be deployed and sent there. So it's not going to, APOE doesn't matter at that point. Here's the reasons. Maybe you have the suboptimal GSTP1 gene 
and you don't deal well with inhalation-based toxins. Mm -hmm. And mold, for example, in your home is causing constant inflammation to all your organal systems, including your brain, because you're breathing them in. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tom O'Brien, who's on the board of the Functional Medicine Institute, yeah, he's been on the said pod. that he believes today, he has, okay, he's a brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. He said that he thinks that 60% plus of today's dementia is inhalation based meaning the things that we're breathing causing inflammation leading to amyloid plaque that's it i think it's a huge huge factor for sure it's huge massive because the, what the when you step outside your house or even in your house what's in the air is not what's supposed to be in the air based on our design right based on what we're coded to cope with there's far too much toxic uh, and threshold. i would just as i know you're about to continue just before we do i'd add to that to, to tom o'brien's uh definition uh you know, there's multiple Alzheimer's brain autopsy studies that show in some cases over 90% of these Alzheimer's brain autopsies had the presence of Borrelia burgdorferi, the, the bacteria that right. causes Lyme disease. And they weren't even looking for Bartonella, which is another bacterial issue. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Dr. Um, Dr. Douse at Clinic St. George in Germany, and he, he, he believes from everything that he's seen that uh, a tremendous amount of Alzheimer's is is caused or contributed to by these infections getting into the brain, Lyme, yeah. uh, Borrelia burgdorferi, and Bartonella. I would add metals, um, all, you yes. know, all metals. types of metals, because that's a moving finish line. It'll start with mercury, then it'll be thimerosal, and they'll say no, it's it's ethyl mercury, you know, and then then it's and then it's yeah. uh, uh, aluminum, and then it's graphene oxide, you know, and and when they get injected into you, they do <laughs> often reside in the brain. You know, that's where they go. Yeah. You're bypassing your body's defenses. So if you don't know what's in a shot of any type, you better think twice about putting that shit in your body because it's going to go to your brain. Um, and then, yeah. you know, and then we've got the glyphosates and the atrazines and some of this, you know, some of these pesticides. We're in a class action lawsuit for my dad's Parkinson's with the company that that created Paraquat the pesticide, yeah. you know, and, and, and there's, there's all sorts of emerging research now that these pesticides and herbicides like glyphosate, like, you know, the, the, the fine criminals at Monsanto are spraying on fucking everything, you know, that all these can contribute to Alzheimer's too. So I just wanted to mention those things for the people listening. Cause it's, it's rarely as linear as, uh, you know, uh, one in one out cause and effect relationship. It's kind of like this, this imperfect storm of all this bullshit you know, and then you throw in wireless electricity and EMFs and and the fact that that breaks down the blood brain barrier, it breaks down the gut barrier and contributes to brain permeability and intestinal permeability allows all the bullshit in. It's like the Trojan horse that opens the door. And we haven't even talked about prescription medications like the cholesterols and the Lipitors that that yeah. are also implicated in this. So I just wanted to give a quick cursory overview of some of the things that I believe to, to contribute. You may not, um, but just to add a little bit of context and color for our listeners. All of those. I agree with all of those, all of those. And that's where you understand your why, which, which defense do I not have? Yeah. Which is the yeah, thing yeah. that's going to cause me the problem? Because that, for example, that lawsuit that you're talking about, I think it's like 13,000 farmers are got, have got together to, you know, it's the, the paraquats causing neurodegeneration and Parkinson's, it's quite clear, yep. but all of them didn't get it, right? All, mm -hmm. So some of them were able to cope with that defense. And so the, the science, the science, quote unquote, would say, well, it doesn't cause it because oh, they God, didn't get don't, it. Don't say right? that anymore. They ruined it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ruined that phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and now, now there's, 
everything you, you talked about is sort of external coming in. You also make things that can cause Alzheimer's and dementia. For example, mm. why are 80% of dementia cases in women, not men? Because women make toxic estrogen metabolites called 4-hydroxyestrogen and 16-hydroxyestrogen. And now mm. if you add on top of that, okay, I convert my estrogen into this toxic metabolite that causes inflammation, which is why women do so much worse with heart disease and cancers and dementia. You know, I also am loading that by taking the birth control pill and adding more estrogen. And there's or, so much hormone, or hormone replacement for postmenopausal women. I was just or, about to ask you about that. Yes. So that that could be healthy for some women and very dangerous for women with these genes. If it's not personalized, I'll give you an example right now. There's a woman that I'm dealing with right now who has breast cancer. She, mm -hmm. when she was in her, she's now uh, 52. When she was in her 30s, she had ovarian cancer. And what she's told is that she has a certain version of the BRCA gene, which means she's more likely to get cancer. I said, that's BS. It makes no sense. But I understand why they're saying that <laughs> because clinical studies show this correlation. Yeah. Right? What's actually People going stop on? thinking when you when you scare them. Yeah, they get scared and they'll they'll cut their like literally a woman will go cut her breasts off or cut her fallopian tubes off. Yeah, I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get mammograms twice a month and just blast my boobs with radiation. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like no, no, you know, it's a you're under a spell. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a perfect example of this BRCA gene doesn't cause cancer. What it does is it repairs cancer. So God forbid you have cancer, it's supposed to go fix it. It also repairs DNA and cells. It's a repair tool. So if you don't have a good repair tool, your wear and tear adds up a little faster and you can't fight cancer. That's what it's really doing. But we still didn't answer, why did you get the cancer? So that woman mm -hmm. that I said had it twice, when... When she told me, I'm 52, I got into menopause two years ago, and now I have breast cancer. I looked at her genome map, and she is a fast metabolizer of 4-hydroxyestrogen, which is seeded by estradiol. First question I asked you, are you on hormone replacement therapy? She said, yeah, as soon as I got into menopause, my doctor gave me hormone replacement therapy. I said, did they give you estradiol? She said, yeah, they did. I said, look at this map. Estradiol, this gene right here, converts estradiol into 4-hydroxyestrogen, which is a potent inflammatory insult to your body. And you no longer have a menstrual cycle, so you don't clear it anymore. So what does your body do? In order to protect you, it stores it in fat. And where do you have fat? In your hips and your breasts. And why do you think that the cells are degrading and getting damaged and getting mutated and getting cancerous in nature? So then... Well, why then earlier on did she get ovarian cancer? Yeah, isn't that, it's like mind blowing that this is so simple, but it's not in medical practice. It's medical practices, go cut your boobs off. Yeah, so just out of curiosity, what, what percentage of breast cancer do you think could be prevented if all women starting at a young age or, or adolescence got this type of genetic testing and then implemented some of the things that you recommend? At a minimum 90%. There, I've talked to, um, there's a gentleman named Kevin Connors who has one of the greatest functional medicine cancer practices in the U.S. So people that just can't get help anywhere else go to him and he helps them. And he's an oncologist, you know, MD, allopathic cancer specialist, but everything he practices is around root cause. And he says he believes that 96% is preventable. 
He only yeah. sees 4% that's innate. That's like a genetic condition that's just going to happen. It's coming, you know? Yeah, I could see that, especially, yeah. Yeah, it's it's majority of it are like, here's a system of my body that just doesn't work. And here's a habit I had that fueled that system. And now I damage myself and that equals cancer for me. So, yeah, I, I, I'm also fascinated. I mean, that's if they have good habits, right? If they're not like just sitting on their phone all day, scrolling social media, yeah. you know, blast, blasting yeah. their cortisol, you know, flooding their cells with, with, you know, oxidative stress and, and, you know, calcium ions and all that bullshit. And then, you know, conscientious of, of their water, not drinking poison, eating good stuff, you know, yes. some of the things that, that, that we have control over and not opening the doorway for toxins that could be, that could be irritants. But I mean, this is already, you, you know, if you can prevent 90 to 96% of breast cancers, which I believe those numbers seeing these genes, I'm also fascinated too, because like there's so much concern about EMF and stuff like that. I think it affects some people more than others, in part because of things like glutathione production and their ability to quench free radicals yeah. and 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 you know their their production of of uh, molecular hydrogen and 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 you know things like that. So I'm excited to talk about all this stuff. So please continue on on the breast cancer ex example or or, yeah. or the other one that you. Had. Then, so why did she then have? Well, she 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 was kind of skeptical. You know, a lot of people that are working with a doctor. That's that's step one. Is what is the doctor saying about this? So she mm -hmm. said, well, then why did I have ovarian cancer? That doesn't make sense. So first question I asked her about that, the time that you got ovarian cancer, like H HPV were you on the vaccine? Well, <laughs> there's one root. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's, I'm going to throw, throw that in the hat. I had, I had a client who believes she got it from the actual COVID vaccine. She got she got yep. ovarian cancer and just had and and she it, she did not have it before she got the first one and she believes it is from that you know obviously I can't can't prove that or anything but her and her yep. entire family believes that. Well, in this lady's case, the question I asked her was, "Okay, you were in your mid thirties. How long were you on the birth control pill prior mm -hmm. to this ovarian cancer?" And she said, "How did you know I was on the birth control pill?" I said, "Because you have." Estrogen dominates, you make too much estrogen, you make a toxic version, you don't have the right detox genes to clear it, and you're telling me that you had breast cancer and ovarian cancer, which are both in the locations that would estrogen toxicity would equal cellular damage. And she said, yeah, I was on the birth control pill for eight to 10 years at that point. I said then, well, we now know what happened. You fueled and created, you this again, that smoke you're talking about, the fire mm -hmm. the, and the fuel to the fire was the birth control. The fire was already burning, estrogen toxicity. So now mm -hmm. if this woman knew this at the age of five, because guess what? The DNA you're born with doesn't change. You're born with it, you die with it. So I can take a five-year-old girl and test her and tell her, here's how your body metabolizes hormones. Here's the exact choices you should have to never be sick. Here's the exact choices you have that if you were to have them, you're very, very likely to get sick. It's very clear the two paths. and. This applies to everything. Uh, you know, you commented on the, um, well, sorry, the testosterone we go, therapy. Yeah, but before we go there, with some of the women listening, maybe, you know, understanding this and even seeing connections with estrogen dominance or polycystic ovarian syndrome and, and some of these things that I would imagine are connected, uh, fibroid yeah. issues and, and and that sort of thing, uter uterine fibroids. Um, but they're also probably wondering, okay, is there for women that have these genetic variations, is it just do not get on birth control at all? Is there a version that is more biocompatible for them? I'm sure, you know, not 
not every, you know, I don't know everyone's like uh, sexual promiscuity preferences, but I'm sure there are women yeah. who would prefer to be on birth control, yeah. even, even knowing that it may not be the best thing long-term for their health. Are there options for these women or is it just don't take it? You know, so there's, there's really two dials you can turn. If there's a genetic suboptimality, there's a job that your body doesn't do well. So there's two choices and ideally both. Mm -hmm. One is remove the threat. I am estrogen dominant and toxic, so I don't want to add more estrogen. So I'm going to remove the birth control pill and other estrogen mimics. The second mm -hmm. is let me supplement to support the job. So there's certain, and we already talked about it, like the NACs and the, the precursors, the glutathione, that can Maybe help dim? me detox. Well, dim would slow down the estrogen pathway. So that's another option, where to intervene. If you're making too mm -hmm. much estrogen, then maybe I take an aromatase inhibitor to slow down the estrogen metabolism and I just have less fuel for that fire. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple ways to intervene. Even even the, the prescription AIs, though, I'm a little concerned about. There's a lot of emerging evidence that prescription aromatase inhibitors can actually contribute to a variety of health issues. I like the natural yeah. ones. You know, in some in some situations, I just wanted to mention that because, like, you know, an astrazole and some of these things that that different people on hormone replacement, which is the segue that you were asking me for, uh, you know, the guys yeah. that are on testosterone re replacement therapy, sometimes these places will just prescribe uh, aromatase inhibitors like an astrazole, and those yeah. can actually be what increases risk of heart attack and increases a lot of these other health threats that guys deal with that they probably wouldn't have if they were just on the testosterone or, or testosterone and a natural aro aromatase inhibitor. Thoughts on that? Yeah. So the difference between natural and synthetic, synthetic blocks it. So somebody studied something and said, here's this thing we need to get rid of. And mm -hmm. it blocks it. It shuts it off, which messes with your innate metabolism. This is why some men mm -hmm. coming off of testosterone therapy don't get back to their status quo. They become mm -hmm. dependent on it, right? Mm -hmm. Th that synthetic natural is you're eating a food or taking an ingredient that speeds up or slows down the gene. So CYP19A1 is a gene that takes your testosterone and converts it into estrogen. The reason why DIM works so well is it actually reduces the expression of that gene. So it's not changing your genetics and it's not blocking mm. anything. It's really? just slowing the gene down. So you just do a different job. And so long as you're taking it, you can manage the expression of the gene. And once you get off, you go back to your norm, right? So it's much slowing the gene down or spe speeding it up. In this case, slowing it down because you're converting testosterone to estrogen. So you're trying to slow down that ah, conversion to have less. Gotcha. Estrogen. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Right. I didn't know if it was estrogen clearance from the body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the, and then you can all, so there's, there's, there's three phases to hormone metabolism. There's dominance. What do I make? Progesterone mm -hmm. converts to testosterone, converts to estrogen. Men and women do the exact same thing. Women do it once a month. Men do it every day. So there's step one is dominance. Step two is to toxicity. Now that I made my hormones, do I make any toxic byproducts? Men convert some of their testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, which is potent, but it's also inflammatory and toxic. Women make toxic estrogens. Mm -hmm. Step three of three in the hormone cascade is clearance. So now that I know I make some toxic stuff, how well do I detoxify it? And it goes back to glutathione, antioxidation, glucuronidation. There's a few cascades. And this mm -hmm. is going back to your earlier question. It's not a single gene, it's a map. And with a map, mm -hmm. you can be really, really precise and know exactly where step, which step to intervene so you get the result you want. Nice. 
I like this. You you do consultations too, where like people can get this test, and then you'll break it down with them, or is it is it just all there and clear as day and in, in the way that you've got it done? So we made the reports where they're easy to use, meaning that that was one of the challenges I had when I was using genetics as a tool. I was like, this is like a different language, and I went to several different PhDs. They all told me something different because they were interpreting it different. And it's difficult to prioritize. Yes. You know, is this is this a whisper or a shout? Exactly. And so that was what needed fixing. And so when I went out and tried to fix it, I built something that was easy to use. The wish I the, the way I wished it looked when I started and needed help, mm-hmm. which is I don't need to know what genes I have. I need to know what's wrong and how do I fix it? Tell me about anxiety, tell me about weight loss, tell me about, you know, hormones. Like just get to the point on interpreted food. I don't, I don't need data. I need insights. And that's mm-hmm. where the industry gets things wrong. They're like, data, data, data. Let's test as many genes as possible. The right. data is dumb unless you know what questions to ask. You need to know what to drive out of it, which is insights. Yep. And so we speak to the problems, right? Um, so anyway, so that's how we built it. So it's a lot easier to use. But yes, we do have uh, coaches, practitioners from medical doctors to nutritionists to personal trainers, depending what problem someone's working with. So if it's like a clinical issue or you truly want like a deep dive, like an executive level uh, treatment, then we have uh, many, many trained uh, practitioners that can do it. That's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm impressed with your knowledge of this and I think it'd be a blast to even talk like if then scenarios, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I think about how many guys now are dealing with like erection quality issues, you know, they're taking yeah. different, different, different peptides, like, you know, PT 141 or melanotan two, and all, you know, some guys are like, quote unquote, microdosing Cialis every day. It's like, it's not because they want better vascularity. It's because they want their dick to work better, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that we're, we're at a very interesting time where there's this overlap of rapid environmental change. And then yep. the, the intersection of where that environmental change interacts with our genes and, and therefore makes us more susceptible than perhaps other people to certain outcomes, you know, in this example, erection quality, right? Um, yeah. is that something that, that you've seen, um, yeah. Is, is is there is, are there genes for that? Does it have to do with circulation and and angiogenesis and micro microvasculature of the body, or what's what's going on there? In, in your uh, observation, the and guys, if you're enjoying this conversation and stuff, please you know go to the slash biohacks pick up the pick up the the genetic test, uh, pick up uh, Kashif's book, The DNA Way, and um, share this episode with other people who like these conversations. There's not a lot of real conversations happening in health. A lot of it's censored, a lot of it's packaged, and you're you're seeing what you're yeah. supposed to see, not necessarily what's in, in the best interest of your health and longevity, you know? So sharing these episodes lets uh, Kashif, and I know that you appreciate these conversations. Kashif, please, please share your opinion on some of that uh, erection quality issues and like the amount of guys and young guys that are having uh, trouble in that department. So it's the same thing we were saying about Alzheimer's, that there isn't a single problem and there isn't a single solution. We need to personalize. And a lot of the things you said are some of the problems. So let's take today's reality of many people either got medicated or they got a virus, right? Or maybe Mm -hmm. both. And what we know from both of those is there's a toxic Medicated spike might be generous in some cases, but <laughs> we'll roll with it. 
<laughs> I might use the p the other p word, and I'm not talking about penis. <laughs> All right, continue. Yeah. So now, if that's the case, and you have this toxic spike protein in your bloodstream, where it, it, it enters into your vasculature directly into your bloodstream, and it beds itself into your endothelium. Your, here's your arteries. Mm -hmm. The inner lining is called the endothelium. That's where your blood actually touches and flows, right? The lining. It's I, I believe a lot of metals do that as well and actually cut yes. the endothelium. And, and, and then what we see as plaque buildup is that's an injury site due to metals that were injected. And now the plaque is there trying to heal a trauma, yes. a micro trauma to the vasculature system. Um, are you in agreement with that? Yes, the plaque is sent. Like into you won't your find that in the medical literature. That's that's observational no. and clinical, clinical observations. What's in the medical literature is you have plaque buildup. Go take statins. Go take a pill. Yes. Right? Go take Lipitor. Yes. And right. the, the the cholesterol is being sent there. There's two things going on. The the cholesterol is being sent there to repair inflammation. The free mm -hmm. radical or toxic activity in your blood is oxidizing the cholesterol and causing it to harden and not deposit. So the problem is inflammation and toxins, not mm -hmm. cholesterol, right? Yeah, and, and and there are many examples where people with 90, 95% arterial blockages, chelated and detoxified heavy metal with heavy metals with yeah. DMSA and ETDA or, or um, silica in the case of aluminum, right? And the blockages were gone. They healthy arteries again, yeah. you know, but that's yeah. root cause yeah. shit, right? Yeah, it is, man. And that this is what, same thing in the penile shaft. You have the endothelium extends right down into there. And which means that this spike protein is also embedded into that endothelium, which mm -hmm. means you now have sandpaper where it's supposed to be smooth and you're experiencing dysfunction potentially because of that one thing. But guess what? The, the quality of the endothelium, we can determine genetically. There's some people that have resilient. Why do we have all this variable outcome? from this, you know, the, the bug and this drug that, that's been going around, right? Because mm -hmm. the quality in the endothelial is variable also. So some people do have a resilient stainless steel, not many, but some do, where that spike protein isn't gonna be that much of a problem. Some people mm -hmm. have papyrus, like paper thin, where any mm -hmm. inflammatory insult is a major, major problem. And if that's you, then my, yeah, you probably are. My endothelium are, are uh, like papyrus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. my, my i don't i don't have great endothelium i gotta do a, i gotta do a lot of work on it you know i'm, I'm excited i'm actually gonna i'm gonna do this dna test i want to it seems fucking awesome um but so yeah, yeah, keep yeah going. so now take that and combine you know the fact that you're living in a estrogen uh the the, the proliferation of estrogen mimics in our environment and what men are exposed to, where you're already becoming estrogen dominant, irrespective of your hormone metabolism. There's just so much, even something as simple as yeah. a Teflon coated frying pan. You walk out into your lawn and read the pesticides, the grocery mm -hmm. receipts, like everything is an estrogen mimic and men are overly estrogenized compared to what they should be to be healthy. And so that's Dude, already beer. killing the beetle. That's already Beer? I have found it beer, yeah. fucking phys physically impossible to get shredded if I'm allowing myself to drink beer. Yeah. And, and there's so many things that are like that, that even if we're, it's not even our food, but what we're breathing, what, what's on our skin, you know, 
lotions, creams, all this stuff. They're all hormone disrupting. And so men are more estrogenized than ever before. And we talked about the hormone replacement. I'm in Toronto. So mm-hmm. we work on a lot of NHL hockey players because this is like the training mecca for NHL, right? They yeah. all come down here. I coached uh, Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taze, who got a couple oh, Olympic cool. golds for you guys and played for the Blackhawks that won three Stanley Cups. Very cool. So, yeah, that's so that's what we do on the off season is we work with a lot of the functional medicine docs and trainers like yourself that are training them, and we work on the personalization of things and. We can't, I can't tell you how many of these guys are on hormone replacement. Like, hey, you need more testosterone. I'm going to give you some testosterone. It seems to logical athletes? to athletes. Yeah. Uh, you because can do that they're in having NHL? issues. With their- yeah. Yeah. They were doing it. They're, they, they're, what they're allowed to use, it's called an andro gel pack. So it's, a, it's not a shot, it's a gel that goes on your belly and your skin absorbs it. And it's an androgen gel, so it's testosterone, right? No so it's meant shit. to be a, a We were always growth. paranoid about nothing. I mean, I didn't give them anything that could possibly affect their hormones. Yeah, nothing that is like that kind of can read as a steroid, you know, a, a light mm-hmm. dose that just. So, anyways, what what was happening with a lot of these men is they were coming back to us saying that I don't know what's going on, but I have man boobs, mm. and I have no libido, and I have the most amazing hair and skin of my life but my game sucks, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that same gene, the CYP19A1 that we were saying converts testosterone estrogen, some men yeah. have the fast version of that. So you give them testosterone, they're just going to convert it all into estrogen. It's like you just gave them estrogen, right? So even the solutions aren't working for some men and they actually need to just block the conversion as opposed to taking more. Can, can those guys even do TRT? Can guys with that gene do TRT or no? So there's two answers to that. You maybe don't need to. Maybe if you just slow down the metabolism into testosterone, you don't. You already have enough free-flowing testosterone. Your body's just converting mm-hmm. it into estrogen. So you don't have access yeah. to it, right? So that's answer number one. You probably don't even need to. But what if they want to be like a sexual tyrannosaur? Yeah, then, then you go take the shot, but you also take an aromatase inhibitor. You make sure ah, you're not okay. converting it into estrogen, and then you become a jackhammer, right? <laughs> The pile driver. Then you're in that nickname, the yeah. pile driver. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's it's knowing where to intervene on a personalized level. Anytime, anything as complex as hormone supplementation, all this stuff. If you're getting a one size fits all answer, I don't know, man. That's like a two out of ten chance of it working. So it, we're, all we're saying yeah. is we can personalize things and just get it right the first time. Yeah, it's like there's now this emergence of like biohacking courses, you know, just go through my process and it's like nonsense, you know, it's it's very much an elementary or junior high level approach where you cannot take every person through the same process. That's stupid. You know, one man's one one man's food is, is, is another man's poison, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now. Literally to that degree, one man's going on a vegan diet without the genes mm-hmm. that metabolize the vegan proteins is their poison. Mm-hmm. And another man, that's the thing that's going to cause him to live an extra 10 years. It truly, it's to that level. Yeah. And there's going to that. I mean, there, I heard an interesting conversation with a doctor the other day, and he said the reason that some people do so well on the vegan nutrition template and some people do so well on carnivore and keto is 
both because they're eliminating the processed foods and the things that, you know, paleo has identified the the grains and the GMOs and the glyphosates and the commercial dairy. And in some cases, these immunogenic and allergenic foods for some people with autoimmunity issues like nuts or nightshades and, and so on and so forth. Now, so you're saying you would, I would imagine you're saying yes and some people will do well with better with vegan and some people do better with carnivore based on their genes to take that one step further and eliminate the guesswork yeah. or the, or the, the, you know, roulette, roulette, dietary roulette. You remove processed foods and everyone feels better. You get rid of yeah. the folic acid, you get rid of the high fructose corn syrup, you get rid of the starches, et cetera. There's this mm -hmm. metabolic reset happens, the load is lifted and you feel good. Mm -hmm. And this is why if you've picked the wrong diet, when five, six weeks later you start to feel bad, you never blame the diet because it felt so good in the beginning. Yeah, right, right. That's how a lot of prescription medications work. People feel great <laughs> for like, you know, once they get over the adjustment period, they'll feel great for like one to six months and then they go back to yeah. feeling the same or worse, but they remember yeah. feeling a difference. So they keep taking this drug that may be poisoning them for years or decades. Yeah. And it's the same thing with picking the wrong diet. Like yeah. every, like remove the processed foods, remove the, the stressor and everyone feels better. But if you're not a efficient fat metabolizer, the APOA2 gene, and you decide mm -hmm. to go on keto, yeah, you'll be in ketosis and feel great for a few weeks, but then you'll start to struggle. If you don't yeah. have the best FUT2 gene and you, and you don't make the enzymes to break down beans, lentils, chickpeas, legumes, you're going to struggle as a vegan. You're not going to have, you're going to lose your muscle mass. You're going to have no energy. There's going to be no strength. It's going to feel mm -hmm. bad in a few weeks. You may decide to go on a low carb diet, um, but you're really good carb metabolizer and your body wants that fuel. So the precision, and I'm not saying any of these diets are good or bad. I'm saying you just need the one that's right for you. And it's very easy to mm -hmm. do. So why not do it? Why not just make the right choice instead of guessing? Well, yeah, a lot of people probably didn't even know this was an option, right? And and, and yeah. now they can, you know, you, they go to the, the dnacompany.com forward slash biohacks. The test is how much, we, we have a discount code, right? The biohacks discount code. What's, what can people get this test for? So the test retails for 500, uh, but I want to note that it's not a test, it's a program. And this is where I think everybody got everything wrong, is you'll go buy a consumer test and you'll get a report and the test company thinks that they're a testing company, but they're not. When you come to me with your genetics, what you're really saying is tell me everything. Tell me mm -hmm. everything I need to know and tell, tell me, me how to, to never do. be sick. And tell me Tell me what to do and tell me how to live an extra 15 years that I wasn't going to have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So again, me going through this as a layman, a consumer, realized that's what I wanted. So it's mm -hmm. not a test, it's a program. What we do is you get the test, yes, you get all the data, but then there's four weeks of classes that you attend about the brain, about disease, about aging, about hormones, about diet, about sleep, about longevity, about how to form habits and actually make the changes so that you actually become the next version of yourself. Because we understand the data or the information might be great for 2% of people who will actually go do something with it. Mm -hmm. All of us, including myself, need guidance. And so it's more of a program 
And all of that is free. You know, all of that is a, a free program that comes with the test. And I, I can assure you it will change your life. Uh, there isn't a single call we have where somebody isn't crying or saying that I can't believe I didn't know this, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, but do definitely use the promo code. Don't pay retail. You'll get a discount. Um, so we want to honor your time here. So the dnacompany.com forward slash biohacks, I think it was. Mm -hmm. B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. Yes. And you'll get a discount. So use that. You'll see the discount at checkout and you'll still be included in the program. So that's the way we Do you happen to know what the discount is? Uh, I think I have it here. It's $50 off. Sweet. So four four fifty yeah. instead of five hundred. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And then the and and with that the program is free. We do have paid programs also that people do from you know a thousand dollars to eight nine thousand dollars depending what they're working on. Uh, but I would argue that if you attend all of the classes, it is going to completely change your life, and you don't need to spend a penny. Sweet. I like it. I'm in. I want to, yeah. I want to do it. I'll talk to you about that after we jump off. Sure. Um, I got yeah. two more questions and then we'll kind of land this plane. Uh, the first sure. is about, um, the first is about, you'd mentioned the, the inhalants like mold and their contribution to oh. inflammation and, and, and a variety of health issues. Um, can you speak a little bit more on that and what people with that gene, I think you said it was GSTP1. Um, what they could do, because there are people that are in a moldy home or, you know, Dr. Diedrich Klingart pointed me to a study that showed mold produces, I believe it's 600 times more biotoxins when in the presence of EMF, wireless electricity, Wi-Fi, smartphones, right. smart meters, all, you know, the, the, the Internet of things. Right. So we've got both of these these aspects that are increasing our exposure to mold. Some people are living in moldy homes. You mentioned every fucking house in Austin has a mold issue. Yeah. What can these people with this genetic variation do? And then the second question is yeah. about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's some anxiety. Uh, so there's... <laughs> page 72. Page 72 <laughs> of your book. The DNA... Oh, no, 75. <laughs> Avoid unnecessary situations and people who trigger your anxiety, i.e. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's three layers to that mold issue one is breathing in the mold spore which leads to mycotoxins so that the actual mycotoxin which is the inflammatory nature that's the obvious thing that everyone talks about the mm -hmm. second thing which is isn't as obvious that people don't talk about is the fungus in your body creating mycotoxins that have nothing to do with what you've inhaled. They're already there, mm -hmm. either because you yeah. have inhaled them and they're thriving or from some other source, right? Are we talking about like candida? Yeah, any, any, any like, yes. So any fungus, including the mold spores that you're breathing in that are now living, right? That mm -hmm. are continuing okay. to produce more mycotoxins. So eliminating the mold inside of you, yeah. So what happens oh, is there's a process called hydrolysis where... You went, uh, complex carbs are converted to glucose. Mold does the same thing. Mold will take a carb, and this is why they thrive in things like grains and they, they live in grain silos, et cetera. And that's where a lot, a lot of the mold, actually, so there's a fourth layer to this. A lot of the mold, in fact, the majority of the mold that's in our body is not what we breathe, it's what we eat. So it's, there's a number that says 25% of our food stuffs, meaning the raw ingredients that we make all our food out of, have mold mm -hmm. in them. 
And this usually happens during transport, which means by the time it gets to the site, it's 60 to 80% have mold in them. So you're consuming mold, which then is in your body, which as you take in carbs, the body uses those, or the mold, sorry, uses those carbs as fuel to create uh, glucose, simple sugars, through a process called hydrolysis, which then as a byproduct creates mysotoxins. Mysotoxins are that inflammatory insult that make you sick forever. So that's the fourth consideration. And the third consideration, which I didn't say, was that it's not only about the mold that enters your body, you know that musty smell? Yeah. Uh, the chemicals that make that musty smell, they're called VOCs. They themselves make you more volatile sick than Volatile organic compounds, right? Yes, exactly. So those volatile organic compounds, and there's microbial versions of that, that um, those are making people very sick. And so when you only solve, and how do you solve mold? You detoxify your gut, then you stop eating sugar. That's kind of what, in a nutshell, there's a lot more to it, but that's what it is because it, you're supporting your gut microbiome supports the elimination of mold. If you're not supporting your liver, which is usually not part of mold detox, you're not dealing with the VOCs and you're still sick and you're wondering what's going on. So yeah. the, the mold story is a little more complex than just what we're dealing with, this siloed mold elimination, right? Uh, and if you deal with or the whole just, thing- Or just taking all, a binder like like cholestyramine. Yeah, that may not be the full answer, right? Just, so just taking a binder helps you. But then if your elim elimination pathways aren't open, if your genes around elimination aren't working, where's that binder going? It's not exiting, right? Mm -hmm. The methylation you talked about, MTHFR, if that's not working, where's this stuff going? So you need to think mm -hmm. wholesome, cascade system, not individual steps. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, clinicians aren't trained this way. They're trained on a problem and then they're trained on a product. Yeah, And there's no... And it's here's a chain. They're trained on a link, mm -hmm. and that's not the full story. You need to understand the whole chain, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So what? Um, I appreciate that explanation, and I think you know. I mean, we could obviously probably go for another few hours and get into the nuance of every one of these things, but a lot of that is what the program yeah. is for and what what the DNA test is for. Um, the last question I have for you before we kind of sign off is: you get you get your genes mapped. What mm -hmm. changes or behavior modifications had the biggest impact for you where you're like, holy shit, this is transformational. And um, which have you like kept and are still a part of your routine to this day? I would say that I didn't even know that humans had detox systems, right? Mm. And all of a sudden, mine's completely broken. And so I never stopped on a daily supporting antioxidative activity and detox activity. I'm mm -hmm. taking supplements for that purpose and I'm also eliminating from my environment and my food, um, anything that's potentially toxic, including EMF. I'm blocking yep. it significantly as much as I can. You know, I'm, I'm yep. literally wearing an EMF blocker right now, right? Oh, so, nice. Um, I got that too from uh, Leela Quantum, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. My yeah. My so, uh, I, my chain is broke twice. I got to get a replacement chain. I'm missing my heel. Yeah, he, 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 he showed the heel necklace. I've got right right behind yeah. the uh, behind me over there. I've got the block as well, the quantum block. Yeah, cool. So it's it's just knowing that our reality is way more toxic than our bodies are wired to cope with. The genes that we've inherited yeah. are assuming we're still in grandma and grandpa's context. 
We've had mm-hmm. uh, 144,000 chemicals introduced to humanity since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same context. Right? Yeah. It's very, very different. So that's mm-hmm. a big one for me is supporting the... What's your favorite supplement for that? Um, so I, I'm not the best with glutathione. So I do use NAC, glycine. Um, I also support the mitochondria with tocotrienols, which is a unique form of vitamin E to make sure mm-hmm. the cells are resilient and can cope with more. Uh, ubiquinol, we had uh, Dr. Which Dr. Is Dr. A- Barry Tan on who uh, is big on anato vitamin E. Right. It's like been his, his, his life yeah. work. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, there's certain forms that are just incredible. And I use a very specific form of uh, CoQ10 called ubiquinol. It's a Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, it's from a company called Kanaka. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I use intermittently carbon 60, which is just a wonder molecule that supports the, the body. And one, one, a recent thing I've started doing is I'm very specifically separating and using fulvic and humic minerals. Because mm. I used to think of minerals as an ingredient that our body needed, like vitamin C, right? I didn't really mm-hmm. understand the full uh, full breadth of what they were doing. And so what these minerals do is they are designed to enter your cell with a positive electrical charge that brings antioxidants into the cell with them. And mm-hmm. when they enter your cell, their charge reverses and binds onto toxins and removes them. It's a miracle of like, the human body. Uh, sh- sh- Shilajit as well. Yeah, surely a perfect example. Yeah, that's another great like com- complex mineral compound that will do that for you, right? So it brings antioxidants, removes. So I, I've, I've, I've noticed this new habit of minerals has improved things a little bit more for me, right? Um, I was already in a good place, but it just keeps getting better. Uh, so those mm-hmm. are some of the big ones. Uh, nitric oxide is really important to me. I, I n- try to never miss that because the ability for your blood to actually flow and deliver micronutrients mm-hmm. and macronutrients to all your cells uh, I've noticed a difference in my mental acuity, um, everything, right? When by adding uh, the right not nitric oxide. You take an arginine or citrulline? Uh, I So I use uh, arginine and I use, um, it's actually in a, uh, um, so I have a EAA product that I use, right? It has all these amino acids in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I don't take it separate, but usually in a compound with other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you also reminded me uh, of a, a mental or a mood and behavior compound, which is more about Alzheimer's and dementia prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's arginine in there. And there's a couple other things which are actually slipping my mind, which means I didn't take my pill today. Uh, <laughs> my pills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the latest thing I'm, I've done uh, is I've built a compound for post vax reality which Mm. i've tested on myself and i've seen measurable change in inflammation so i was experiencing problems i never it's not about the vax for me it was about the actual virus right yeah Um, and so uh i built a compound that has that exists (laughs) i used that and it was phenomenal uh, yeah, but I'm great. saying that the actual, like today, today we'll deal with today's reality of blood clotting, blood thinning, antioxidant <laughs> activity. So there's natokinase in there, bromelain. Yep. There's a, nice. there's a few things that I put together in this cocktail. Serpeptase maybe? I, which one? Serpeptase maybe? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you already know the drill. It's all in there and I've been testing it. It's I formulated it with you, man. Come on. You don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So anyways, that's a, that's a new one for me, but that's not a for me everyday thing. That's more like me experimenting. One more thing I'll mention that is a regular for me is uh, blue algae spirulina. Because mm. of the anti-cancer properties, uh, I've noticed I feel different when I take it and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most chemos are d- built off of the sort of the chemicals that are in blue green al- blue algae specifically. So I just take the real stuff. So, anyways, that's what, what I'm doing. What brand do you take of that blue blue algae? Uh, Energy bits. Energy bit. Oh yeah, they're great. We've had them on as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are great. Brilliant lady. Awesome. Uh, so I've, I've been using energy, but it's not for the energy, but more for the uh, cellular health component. Yeah, I like I like their stuff a lot. Super, super clean. Yeah. Well, this is this is awesome. Kashif, uh, I mean, I'm fascinated. I, I'd, I'd love to get the uh, the test that you guys have at the DNA company dot com forward slash biohacks. Uh, guys, if you're listening and you've enjoyed this conversation, share it up. Go pick up the um pick up the DNA test and save yourself 50 bucks, take the family out and, uh, and take a personalized approach. Uh, Kashif, where else can people stay? Oh, and of course get Kashif's book, the DNA way, um, available at the Amazon, all finer bookstores that, uh, are pushing the <laughs> natural health and responsibility and autonomy to the forefront. Um, Kashif, where else can people stay up to date on cool things you're working on and uh, just, you know, where you where you hang out in the internetosphere? Yeah, in that sphere. Uh, so on Instagram, I'm posting something almost daily about what we're learning in clinics. So it's not so much like here's a gene that does something, but it's more like the lawsuit you talked about with the paraquats, like things that we're learning mm-hmm. that people need to know about. So yeah. that's my personal Instagram at cashconofficial, K-A-S-H. K-H-A-N official. Uh, you'll learn there daily. Uh, and then our podcast, Unpilled, uh, where it's really a tool that was designed for our customers to get more value out of their tests, you know, like to learn about how to think about their body. Uh, but even without your test, you may find value there. We talk about a lot of crazy stuff like we talked about today, and it can be pretty fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate that, yeah. guys. Uh, at Kosh Khan, K-A-H-N official, on Instagram, um, the podcast is unpilled. And again, if you want to pick up that DNA test, which is the best place to start, go to the dnacompany.com forward slash biohacks. Discount code biohacks saves you 50 bucks. Uh, Kashif, it's been a fun conversation, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And I uh, really appreciate you. Pleasure, man. It was great talking to you. I want to share real quickly the three main reasons that so many people have horrible digestion and the subsequent downstream health consequences of a dysregulated digestive system. First, all of us have been drinking and showering in water that's loaded with chlorine and fluoride and bromide and a whole bunch of other chemicals that kill the healthy bacteria and other microorganisms in our gut. Number two, imagine you had to drink a cup of pesticide and herbicide, you know, glyphosate. It's now in everything and it's been in everything since the 1990s, but it goes one step further. Now you look at all of the technology that we have integrated into our lives. Now let's go back in time and imagine you're on the African savanna, and all of a sudden a lion comes out of the brush 
what's your body going to do? It's going to spike the stress hormone cortisol, your adrenals in communication with your brain are going to see this lion. They're going to recognize that you are now in danger. Now, the problem is we're not on the African savanna and a lion didn't just come out of the brush, but we're doing that same thing to ourselves all the time. And it's part of the reason that so many guys can only eat one meal a day and they're having, you know, they're switching to carnivore. And if they have any carbs, their 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 digestion and their health is, is a wreck and their whole body gets inflamed. I can tell you also from experience that that doesn't go to a good place. And until we even have an idea of what is contributing to this situation, we can't fix it. And if you want help, that's what I do. I help people fix their gut and then get their body back functioning optimally. So if you want help with this stuff, you can go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team. That's biohackercoaching.com. Appreciate you guys. If you found this helpful or you know someone who's been struggling with digestive issues, please send it to them. Thank you. Thank you.